Hi, and welcome to The Theology Box, a podcast dedicated to seeing how God fits into the world we live in. We hope you enjoy your time with us today, where theology is the conversation. Hi, everyone, and thanks again for listening to The Theology Box. This is your host, William Carroll. And on today's episode, we have... Jared Deal. (laughs) Jared Deal. Of the Louder Now podcast? Of the Louder Now podcast, which was actually a podcast that we started together. Yes. Which I miss doing with you, by the way. Yeah, well, we could we could do it it's again. It's the first time we've been recording together since uh, since May. Since back in the day, huh? Yeah. Um, well, we should... Uh, well, I should be on your show sometime. You should. Yeah. I yeah. should come on as, do a, it. as a guest. I mean, if you're doing all the production for it now, I'll I'll be on it whenever you want. Okay. <laughs> I know Will really did a lot of a lot of work for me. A lot so of I appreciate it. Heavy editing. Yeah. But uh, yeah, we were pretty pretty new. Even now, what it's been about almost a year that we've both been endeavoring on podcasts, yes. and we're still pretty new at it. January twenty first, twenty nineteen, is when we did the first episode. Oh wow. So. Really. Yeah. No, January 21st? Is when we started recording. Get out of here. first Louder Now. And it's That's all... Three it's, days from now. I know. Wow. Happy anniversary. I know. Here it is. <laughs> Good job. Do man. the handshake. Yeah. And <laughs> Thanks, man. <laughs> yeah, no, that's awesome. That's awesome. So uh, a lot has happened since then in uh, both our lives. Um, not so... Uh, not, well, I mean, I, well, so I got my this podcast going and... This mm-hmm. will probably be the third episode of season two. Okay. Nice. Um, maybe, maybe the second episode because I haven't recorded anything with Mark up to this point, and okay. I was gonna want to do the first show with him, but I think it's gonna be Casey, and then it'll be you. Nice. And then it'll be Mark. Okay. Yeah, because we would we should have already recorded if Mark and, and I. Were how many gonna... episodes did you do of season one? Twelve. Nice. And that was uh, 10 with people, and then there were two that were like, um, well, all of them were with people, but two two or three of them, no, two of them were um, Christmas-focused with looking at what the different weeks of Advent were. Okay. And then we did a live uh, Facebook broadcast for way too long, for three hours, Almost really three hours. Yeah, almost three hours where we uh, just sat there, talked, and answered some questions. My sister's boyfriend chatted in uh, with some interesting theological questions that were. Um, so he's he's not a Christian, and he wanted to know like why why is there this universal idea or stereotypical view of God when now now I forget the exact phrasing of the question but the idea behind it was like the people are so different there's so many differences in the world and there's so many um so much variety how can you claim to know the this one you know nature of god that's like uh generic you know it's like this is this this one god doesn't really fit into what a um the 
Eastern philosophies believe it doesn't really fit into, you know, so he, he was, it was kind of like, how do you know you're right? But he didn't mm-hmm. say it that way. He was just like, how do you more like, how do you justify your position that, that, that that's yeah. okay. Right. And that was an interesting question. And, um, we, we try to answer it. I tried to answer it with, um, a lot of smoke and mirrors. No, <laughs> <laughs> a lot of made up stuff. Yeah, I just kind of went, really went wild and no, um I just kind of went with the origin of um the Israelite belief system. Mm-hmm. And um so uh many scholars believe and so do I probably cuz I've been taught is that um the early Israelites were m- monolatrous mm-hmm. which is they believe that in the worship of one god but they believed in multiple gods, mm-hmm. which is where you get like, perhaps where you get Elohim. It's the divine council. You find it in the um, epic of Gilgamesh, not the Elohim necessarily, but mm-hmm. the divine council of gods. Have you ever heard of the epic of Gilgamesh? I feel like I you, I've mentioned it to you. Um, I think so. I don't think I remember the details of what that entails, but I think I know the reference. It's it's the earliest known written story that we have in history, all of all places and people, and it's from Sumeria. Okay. Which is where Abraham was called out of, which is Ur, that mm-hmm. um, area, and he gets called out of there. And we find a document in there that talks about this great hero, this mythical hero, um, Gilgamesh, and how he uh, has to go on this quest for... Now I'm forgetting details, but it's it's a really good story. But in the midst of it, he's looking for eternal life. And I think it's to heal a friend or heal a wound. And um, I'm probably wrong on both accounts. But um, this is why I need to start doing research. I've been talking about this for a whole season. I need, but I just come up with these ideas, and I don't want to, like, type them in. Um, I'll lose we'll my, get on it, Will. I'll lose my train of thought. <laughs> so, But anyway, in the story, he meets a man who survived the Great Flood. Mm-hmm. And he, this guy that survived the Great Flood, the reason for the flooding of the Earth was that the gods got together and decided that Rather than the biblical account that says that the Elohim talked amongst itself, right? It says, like, mm-hmm. we are going to flood the earth. It says that uh, because people are so wicked, the gods did it in the Epic of Gilgamesh because people were too noisy. And they didn't want to hear it anymore. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's like, so there's some differences, but that, 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 um, that tale happens to follow quite a few of the um, features of the story of Noah in Genesis. So we could, we can perhaps say, and there's many other reasons, like mm-hmm. not just this, um, that the Israelites were actually believed that there were more than one God, but only only Yahweh had rebuilt himself to Moses only Yahweh had saved him from Egypt and only Yahweh was to be worshipped because he was the most powerful. That's cool. Yeah. And and then it's not until the um, Babylonian exile that they come back with the prophetic utterances that there's only one God. 
the rest mm-hmm. are either demonic. Paul clearly defines them as demonic. Um, and uh, I think, is it Isaiah? You'll probably know where he says, like, that something about, like, their their idols that they make are dumb. Like, yeah, they can't hear. And they that's can't... Isaiah, yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, the... Um, so I, that's kind of how I try to answer it. It's not that we're like we have this. Let's pull all these thoughts together about what God could be. It's that we have this tradition of mm-hmm. God revealing Himself. I can't, you know what? I don't think I went quite there. I should have. Well, Sean, if you're listening, that should have been. God has revealed Himself to us through these stories, as well as we believe to those people. So. But that's not what we're going to talk about today. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Half an hour. That was later. awesome, though. <laughs> that's, yeah, yeah. So kind of reminds good me of when we did our podcast together. How we spent the first like fifteen minutes just random, like talking about random stuff. Just ping ponging. Yeah, talking about like I just saw Avengers and Avengers was awesome. And Avengers was. Will, awesome. what's going on in your life? House Postmates going, you know. <laughs> oh, jeez, Postmates. Um, I got to get out there soon today. Let's not Unless you'd like to sponsor this program. No, I'm just kidding. I'm not doing that yet. Hey, if, I'm working, if I, if um, ever. Do you ever look up stats for your podcast? Like how many uh, people little are bit. listening and stuff? Yeah. I'm still learning, but since um, since we, I'm saying we is and you are part of season one for sure. Yeah. I've gotten like 500 downloads. Nice. So. Nice. That's good. Have yeah. you, you should, have you. Here, I should show you that thing. I'll show you right after, if okay. we remember, like where you can see how long, you know. And oh yeah. Um, I'm yeah. only looking up on the. Uh, I just threw the uh, uploading software that I use, so I don't know if it counts streaming or not. But anyway. Yeah, well. So I'm proud. Proud we'll of that. Out. Yeah, no, that's awesome. That's dude to get 500 clicks. I'm around 100. I forgot. I, 120 or so. I've looked well, at. I also have 22 episodes now. Yeah, yeah. So you're you're running a little yeah. higher than me. That's good. I'm glad to hear it. Um, <clears throat> let me let you're me. A huge part of that. So. Well, it was fun. Yeah. I just saw that you really wanted to do it, and it's something I had been personally thinking about doing. So, what spurred you on, also spurred me on. Yeah. You know, like. Because it it kind of gave me the freedom to, like, it gave me a reason to figure out how, mm-hmm. like, so I could help you. And then once I realized how easy it was, I was like, okay, well, I can do this. Yeah. So it, gave, it encouraged me. So thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. And uh, so, but uh, today we're going to, since you're more of an expert and you're actually studying again. Going bit. back to school. Oh, yeah. Sociology class. Yeah. Wow. Um, trying to finish my drug alcohol counseling certification at Mount Sac. And so I'm currently, I just registered for a class this morning for the spring. And I'm also working on getting a new job in the mental health field. Yeah. That's like your, that's your jam. That's my jam. That's the area I want to, I have a... Louder Now is a podcast about mental health, and so I just have had a lot of compassion and wanting to help people and obviously take my faith perspective into what I'm doing as well. So, 
So you started the Louder Now podcast uh-huh. um, last year, and you've seen some hits on it. What it, what have been? Do you think some of the most um, memorable uh, moments of, of that? But also, I want to ask about um, you speak regularly for NAMI. I do, events, yeah. And so, can you tell us more about those two things? Yeah, I would say as far as memorable, I mean, just working on the podcast in its entirety has been pretty amazing. I feel like when we did our season finale of season one, that was a memorable moment just because that was like the conclusion of 12 episodes and it landed around the same time as, so the first episode we, I tell my story about going into a coma and like almost dying from trying to commit suicide which was definitely the most intense thing I've ever experienced and then we retold that story again for the finale so just doing that whole episode was pretty meaningful and it landed around the same time that I had my anniversary from when it happened in real life mm-hmm. so that was definitely the most memorable moment for sure um I just recently did an episode where I talked about being in the hospital because I had to go to the hospital just right before Christmas, which I could talk about that for a while probably. And I Mm. did a whole episode dedicated to talking about that. And that was pretty memorable too, just because, you know, I feel like I try to be pretty real and honest on the show and like giving people this perspective of like my struggles. So to, um, to be able to like do that in a real raw, real, like, Hey, I was just, in the psych hospital and it's not necessarily something I want to talk about a ton but I felt like I needed to just to give people that perspective Mm -hmm. so yeah I work with an organization called NAMI it stands for the National Alliance of Mental Illness it's a nonprofit organization and they are I think based in Sacramento California but they're all over the nation I think they might be in some other countries too NAMI is committed to really just educating people about mental health and mental illness and they go into schools they go talk to teachers um, they go into hospitals they talk to to uh, first responders police officers just really anybody who needs education and mental health and they have this program called uh, ending the silence and in our own voice where they allow people who have a personal history of mental illness themselves be able to go and share their story so yeah i get to do that yeah that's pretty cool ending the silence it's called ending the silence and also it's called in our own voice oh okay yeah cool so what um so this is the so last year you were hospital well if you don't mind me saying yeah. Okay. Last year you were uh, hospitalized uh, twice, right? Well, three times total. Actually. Three times altogether. Yeah. Which one did I miss? Oh, well, there was January. one where you. There January. was January. There was the middle of the year, and then I thought towards the end. Yeah, December. Oh, okay. January. So it was only like a few days, and yeah, December. January, December, yeah. and August. Yeah. So, um. And and each time it was because you weren't sleeping well, right? And feeling ex- anxiety. Yeah, mind racing. Yeah. How, how, um, how, in what ways does the the hospital visit benefit you? Well, it's a safe place. And as far as medically 
the doctors are able to be a little bit more intense with medication because they can watch you. Mm. So you're not going to get that kind of treatment outside of the hospital. They're going to be more cautious, like when you're an outpatient. Um, it's so it's just more of an intense treatment environment, and mm. that's really probably the most beneficial part of it. Do you so. think that? Do you think that there's an extent of um, like with safety um, being one of the reasons? The the safety you feel is the comfort of the knowledge of the medical staff, or yeah, for sure, being yeah. surrounded by nurses and doctors twenty four seven, you feel you definitely feel safe for sure. Okay, because um, why what what makes you feel like, and I don't it, you know if I get too personal, just let me know. No, it's okay. Um, what makes you feel like you lose your sense of security when you're in your home environment? Um, that's a good question. I think, well, I think to be honest, when the mind starts racing and then I, you know, usually proceeding up to the hospital, I have four or five days of already not sleeping, which is what happened this last time. Mm. And you're, for me, I just get suicidal pretty easily. Like then I start getting to that. I start going there in my mind. And some of it's just like one thing kind of feeds off the other. It's like you're suicidal because you're not sleeping. And because you're not sleeping, you're suicidal. Wow, yeah. <laughs> you know? And so when you get to that point, there's just this kind of it's like a huge red flag where you're like, okay, I'm not sleeping. Nothing I'm doing out here outside of the hospital is really working. And, um, if I'm going to start having suicidal thoughts and borderline having those thoughts and trying to resist those, and I'm still not sleeping, then I need to go somewhere where I'm away from that. You know, like I'm mm. in a safe, different environment. Do, do you ever, because I, I personally, you know, to be frank, um, like I get suicidal thoughts sometimes, mm -hmm. um, which I've never really talked about on this show. But, um, I mean, I've had them, I, I usually blame my adolescence because I spent a lot of time listening to not not death metal, but I think for people to understand it, you would have to say that scene. Cause I was, I listened to a lot of punk music, but I listened right. to a lot of like Gothic music and industrial stuff. And I don't mean light, lightweight industrial. I mean like real industrial music. So like the lightweight contender for one of my favorite bands was like nine inch nails, but then you get just darker from there rather than like, I don't know something. And to me, like light and fun is like corn <laughs> whereas like <laughs> like where so i'm like they're too like happy corn's pretty mild bro uh, yeah they're they're Why way don't you too convert mild. over to some more hardcore they got stuff. a couple of good songs to admittingly but uh no I, um totally not my scene so i had a scene scene yeah. where i was in the christian metal scene yeah. for a little bit like going to metal shows like norma jean Oh yeah, like I heard Norma Jean. Like That's like hardcore. Favorite band in high school in that category was this band called Dead Poetic. 
I've and, heard of them. And they're not a band anymore. And just I, that whole, like... I don't think I've ever heard I, of them. I would go to these shows with my youth group friends, and everybody would be, like, mosh-pitting and, like, beating each other up. And I'm like... I'm like, I thought this was supposed to glorify God. Like, uh, I, I, yeah. was, I was so confused. Anyway. Uh, yeah, put me in the pit. That's I used to go... I went to a few uh, Christian uh, hardcore shows. My ba- My friend was called... Uh, his band was Officer Negative or something like that. Okay. But uh, but well, so so I listen to like um, I guess one of the bands I'll mention without uh maybe talking too much about it is that like Skinny Puppy was like a okay. real like. I feel like we talked about this on Louder Now once. Yeah, we might you, have. We you, might you, have. You you brought up that name because yeah. we were talking about this. Yeah, maybe. Uh, yeah. So um. Yeah, so the focus in all those bands is like what's wrong with the world and it's wrong and so we hate it, right? And um it's a lot of negativity. There's a lot of hatred for society and culture and not people. So I think that's a confusion that a lot of people have is that a lot of those like little like you know the adolescent years and even older people mm-hmm. some of them do hate people but it's not about hating people it's about hating the mentality of people that l- allows them to be uh robots or sheep or like to wear the semblance of it by going to work every day mm-hmm. and by paving paving perfectly good land with roads so you can drive you know all this like kind of um nihilistic these nihilistic type thoughts. And so that's what I grew up with thinking those things, uh, because I wasn't a Christian growing up and I just, you know, I would always think like, what's the, what's the point? You know, I should just, you know, I hated life. I wanted to, you know, kill myself. But even if I didn't want to, the things that my mind was, were focused on were entirely negative. So it always like reroute itself back into like, you know, destruction, and I don't like the idea of, um, harming other people, so it was just always self, um, directed, so nowadays, like, now I'm 39, and I'm not an adolescent anymore, but sometimes that frustration with how things are, how my life is, like, loops back around, and it, and it resurfaces, like, um, one, but one of the thoughts that kind of comforts me and also kind of depresses me is that, um, well, I'm going to die anyway, right? Yeah. I could, I can hold off killing myself for 40 years because I'll die then. Mm-hmm. And like what, if I kill myself now, it's all over. I know there'll be a good day ahead, even if it's only one, is it worth it to wait another 40 years? Yeah, I'm not going to, you know, so I'm I'm really, I'm not going to kill myself because I always kind of come back to the, the idea that, like, it's not worth it. I'm going to die anyway. But also, um, sorry, I got to turn that off because, so I, so, so it's like kind of like a bad thought because I, I don't know if, I don't know if you ever had that thought, but also, um, one of the other thoughts that kind of keeps me from killing myself is that it's not really what God wants for me. Right. <laughs> and I don't want it my last act because I'm also, um, you know, being Methodist and everything. Uh, <laughs> and 
I believe that I should try to choose when I have the strength or or when I can call on God for his strength, try to do the right thing. Um, and and uh, that's that's never, I mean, me saying that makes it sound like I want to, well, I do want to live a righteous life, but it makes it sound like I do live a righteous life more often than I actually do. But, um, you know, it's a, it's a lot of life lessons and it's a lot of remorse. And uh, hopefully through that gift of remorse, I can start feeling more empowered to make the right decisions, you know. So, but because I have that, like, kind of also that cycle of like, okay, I want to do good. I want to do good. Yeah. Oh man, I did, I blew it. I was totally selfish and doing something, man. I hope I didn't harm this other person by being angry or being selfish. Okay. I need to grow, learn, be more kind. So since I'm in that cycle, um, part of that cycle is like, I don't want my last, if I'm trying so hard, uh, and maybe too often in my own strength, I don't want my last action to be something that displeases God. Cause the only reason why I care to help other people, um, is I'm not, I'm not a humanitarian. Um, you know, it's because I believe that God loves me and that he's helped me so much. And so who am I to not help others? Mm-hmm. And so I really don't, so I don't know. Have, have those kind of thoughts ever come across your mind? Yeah. I mean, I do relate to, I mean, uh, a, a lot of that. I think it, it, the suicide language and how you have suicidal thoughts is, is I think obviously probably maybe it's not obvious, but it's different for everybody. I do relate to what you're saying when you're talking about like I need to I need to try like you know I need to like I believe that God's purpose for my life is to live it's not to end in suicide you know I tried to commit suicide when I was three different times in the worst time of my life when I was 27 years old and it's just like 27 <laughs> like you have so many problems at 27 and and I, I don't think that that's to minimize problems because people in high school commit suicide and it's like you feel overwhelmed at 14 years old and you can have that same sensation at any age in your life. So I, I think I, I do relate. Yeah, for sure. Do you, what do you think about the thought? Do you think it's more comforting or more, uh, defeat self-defeating or whatever, um, to think like, why kill myself today? I'm going to die one day anyway. Yeah, I think that's kind of like kind of fatalistic, I guess. <laughs> <You're>, <laughs> We're on a cold, dead rock well, circling right. a, it's dead, a, it's, a, a dying star. It's kind of Ecclesiastes a little bit, like all is vanity. That's my like, favorite book. You know, yeah. yeah. It's it's a little bit nihilistic, I think. Like you're, you're just kind of just kind of like saying like oh I'm just gonna die like I can well you're not necessarily saying I can live however I want to live that's more like nihilism but I think mm-hmm. um yeah I think I relate to that I, th- I think it's more like for me the suicidal language was just really rooted in survival like I was just struggling so much just to survive and having such a hard time with with staying alive like day in and day out so it just made sense to 
end it all and get away from from all of the like and some of it was with bipolar I'm struggling so much with my bipolar I'm not being able to manage it right now and so am I ever going to get to a point in my life where I'm able to manage this in a healthy way Hmm. and am I ever going to get to a point where I'm stable and so it feels like when you're not stable that the solution is just to commit suicide because you're not ever going to get to a point where you have it under control. Hmm. So what's the point of like trying to get out of this episode and get out of the hospital and get to a place of stability. And every time I go into the hospital, I'm like losing ground, right? I'm like losing money. You feel that way. Yeah. I'm losing time. And now I have to work really hard to get back to a place of stability. So what's the point, you know, what's the point of continuing to try to do that? Do you ever think that it's the structure of the way things are that increase the levels of stress? So what I mean is, um, like, let's say you move to, like, some small village in South America, Central mm-hmm. America, where, like, your main responsibilities were, like, going out and working the land to make sure that you eat. Yeah. And, and there's no economy. There's no technology. It's just you and community yeah and that's it you know like do do you feel like there's some some that some of the problems with like okay now this is pretty bold for me to say this so I know a lot of people aren't going to agree but um I know that the brain is a funny thing (laughs) okay never mind uh that wasn't as funny as I thought it'd be um (laughs) (laughs) thank you thank you courtesy laugh from your guests but uh, uh so so well well so i i sometimes wonder about like like mental disorders and chemical imbalances um like certainly they exist um but i wonder too if that some of the ways that people's minds are set up like you really are a social animal you know like you deny yourself a lot of socialization but by observation, so maybe that's too uh, personal. But like, um, you really care about the connections that you make with people. Yeah. And you, you, you should. But but we also live in a really isolated time in in the world. For sure. And oh yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. We're all doing things that we feel occupy our time and entertain our senses, but it's not through social interaction it's through netflix or playing a video game or whatever yeah and uh even reading and studying like that could be very isolating um and um but even if you're extroverted as a person like you're still going to be on your phone (laughs) like everyone's going to be looking at a screen somewhere right right but uh, down in central america they're not they're looking at you you know and you're looking at them yeah absolutely so do you ever feel like the like the chemical imbalance that you have has more to do with um, where where you live, that it's not balanced for the way that people have structured things. Um, because there's a lot less stressors, there's a lot less uh, mm-hmm. that kind of stuff in more quiet areas. Yeah, absolutely. I think those are great points. Um, I don't know what you mean by deny myself socialization, but... <laughs> I think you're I trying. I, I think you're trying to say that I could have more opportunity to connect with people, and I don't. You just take that. You you 
you like we all we like like Sam and I socialize while we're playing our games, right. which isn't really socializing because we're both playing games. Right. But like you, you just kind of go and in your room and watch Netflix and right because there's no interaction to be had out here, which right. is you know our it's fault true. or whatever. But yeah, it's true. Yeah. Well, I'm a huge quality time person. That's part of yeah. my personality, and I do crave that. Like, I need to pull Sam aside at work and be like, dude, we need to hang out. Like we mm-hmm. need to talk or I need to come and go into your room and like talk to you and like really connect and be like, Hey, I just had two job interviews yesterday. And like, I need to tell people what's going on in my life. Mm-hmm. But, um, I think, uh, I, th- I think the point about what you're saying, like, I feel like my life would be completely different if I lived in a simpler environment <laughs> right? Yeah. because technology has done so much to comparison and like being on Instagram and being on Facebook so much. And obviously I like to use social media to put out my podcast and like talk about mental health. But at the same time, um, yeah, man, I think, I think some of the chemical issues that I have would be a lot be alleviated a lot. A lot of the stress would be alleviated if I live somewhere else. Yeah. If I lived in a simpler place, like right. it might not which even I've be never, identifiable. Yeah, as, uh, and I've never done that. So, like, let's let's. Why don't you and I move to South America, man? Okay. Or Central America. Uh, yeah. Well, either one is still le- slower paced. Either one, um, than here anyway. But uh, Central America, I think, is where it's at, or like the mountains of Peru. Nice. Yeah. Or uh, Peru for my American audience. Um, I, yeah, I think that's, I, I just, I don't know. It was just kind of a thought I had, like, are are those kinds of stressors in the environment, Right. do they create, do we create the symptoms because it's a measure of you and this society versus you and the good that you want to do in in the world and how much you could actually accomplish, you know, like, I feel like I could accomplish a lot more contentment or feel I, what I mean by accomplish is like feel a lot more content if I didn't want to accomplish things that were like mm-hmm. beyond my reach all the time. And, um, but, um, before we, uh, sign off the, 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 um, the, the hospital, being a safe place, mm-hmm. right, and a place that you feel secure. Part of the, part of that might even be that there's a community there that you don't really find out here. As even though it's a constructed environment, mm-hmm. it's still um, people are being closer. They're being vulnerable. Um, but I I also want to ask about. Um, the ideas of of therapy mm-hmm. and how what what role has therapy played in your life and do you what what tools have you implemented implemented from therapeutic sessions or um what what's your what are some of the things that you have learned to do that maybe you don't do 
mm-hmm. or that you want to implement or that you're trying to implement in your life that um, you find to be most beneficial to stabilizing your sense of yeah. Um, well, health. first of all, I think I need to do more therapy. I have a therapist right now at where I get my um, doctor support, Tri City, and I've kind of I had a a season where I kind of was like avoiding therapy for a while like just I was like I don't like this I don't like sitting in these sessions and like talking about my problems and so that was a little bit bad that I was doing oh sorry no go for it (laughs) I was like and now you have a podcast where you talk I know now I have a podcast (laughs) where I talk about mental health no but to be honest I really had a a tough time for a while with it and I was uh, this was before I went to the hospital. Oh, okay. In I'm August. sorry. Yeah, I, I'm yeah. sorry for interrupting. You. No, no, no. You're good. And now I'm a hypocrite on my louder now podcasts. <laughs> I'm a total hypocrite. <laughs> no, you're so, not. So, Will, are you going to let me uh, use this recording for my podcast so I can have a whole show out of out of it? Uh, no. Oh, but okay. but no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but no, we I'm could joking. do one. No, I'm. We joking. could do one for you right after. Um. Yeah, I don't know if I have anything prepared. I mean, but... we could, we could, I, I, I think it works better. Um, I think it works better in the media world to do a toss rather than just have the same episode. Yeah, no, yeah. I, I know that was a joke. Oh, okay. Um, well, I might have to take you up on to redoing a recording later. We'll see. Okay. Um, yeah, I think uh, I lost my train of thought. What we were talking about? Oh, therapy. I think one of the things therapy has helped me do is just recognize where I need balance. And that balance has always been kind of such a struggle. Like I say yes to too many things. I'm constantly moving and I'm constantly doing something and I need to find a way to like rest and slow myself down. So therapy has helped me identify areas where I need to rest and where I need to say no more. But I don't always apply that to my life for sure. Um, therapy has also helped me. I, I kind of talk about issues with like my dad a lot and like my past and areas where I feel like I've blamed my dad for my mental illness and even some issues with my mom, my mom leaving a lot as a kid and kind of feeling abandoned. So areas where I feel that's, like that's for her job, right? Well, right. Okay. Yeah. But, you know, as a kid, you take it personally, like mm. my mom's leaving me, you know, not my mom's leaving for a job. Mm. And I think I have more issues with my dad because my dad never was never very nurturing and never really dealt with his own stuff. So he kind of dumped all of his anger and verbal abuse onto like me and my sister so but it still comes up now as like I feel like I've kind of always had a problem with dealing with anger and like how to express that and like feeling sort of passive aggressive all the time in all of my relationships and I kind of put that on my dad but but then like at the same time I'm an adult so it's like I can't I have to like take responsibility for my actions so I've been working through that in therapy of like letting go and forgiving my dad for that and then at the same time learning tools to to deal with my like those emotions um therapy has also helped me balance just you know sometimes I just um struggle with like hating bipolar and like disliking my illness 
So I have to kind of talk about that and talk about how I don't like it and how I wish I didn't have bipolar. And so I, I get some help with that. I get some help with that. Yeah. So those are a couple of things. Yeah. And the, since this is a theology podcast, I I always like, even though I think this one's been pretty good with, we've been talking about uh, faith as well as we had a, a theological upfront um, with the Israelites. But um, some just final thoughts on like how how your relationship with with God and um, what do you what do you think the effectiveness do you, not, not maybe that's the wrong way to word it like your so your relationship with God and like how your prayer life or knowing that others are praying for you. Mm-hmm. Um, what what are how do you feel like those dynamics fit into uh, what you're experiencing, or 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 not just what you're experiencing, but like the overall quality of your life? Because really, you, the I think the focus of getting past past the depression that can become with bipolar disorder is, or at least the suicidal thoughts of it, right, is to overall have a quality of life that doesn't bring you there in the first place right so how do you so how do you feel like those things affect or add to or in what ways does your relationship with Jesus yeah uh, in particular um, you know shape your quality of life yeah that's a good question will ask really good questions everybody I'm a uh, questioner yeah, I think, uh, you know, one of the things that was really powerful when I was in the hospital this last time is Sam's small group, which is a small group I've gone to a handful of times. I normally go like a different night. This is a part of our church community. We have small groups that meet during the week. And a bunch of them came and visited me at the hospital, came there and saw me and like prayed with me. And I just thought that was really a powerful testimony that like I've had, a, I've been very blessed to have lots of like community and like people in my life who've been really supportive and lots of people praying for me. I know my mom's always praying for me. And one of my mom's best friends, Gwen is like my number one intercessor. So I I feel like I've struggled with my faith in, in the sense that, um, I get in these lows and I struggle with depression, which depression is something I've been struggling with a lot recently. And I get in a place where it kind of prevents me from praying and kind of stops me from like, you know, seeking the Lord because I'm, cause I'm struggling so much and it makes me feel a little bit isolated. Um, but I feel like once I press through that and I recognize that like these people around me that are faith filled people are praying for me, just like the experience I just shared gets me in a better state of mind that like there is hope like there's hope for me to get to a place where I feel like God is working and God is healing me and um it's hard it's just hard to do it when you're struggling you know isn't that an interesting thing about faith that that there's like this this ebb and flow of like my own personal prayer life where yeah. When I'm doing really good, I'm like very thankful to God and yeah. I'm like maybe I should be praying more like just in the small sense like a daily routine. And then there's this like place where 
things are kind of normal where I am praying every day because I've set it up as a routine for myself, you know, and I'm like, okay, this is good. And then there's those parts where I start heading downhill and I feel like I'm reaching rock bottom and my prayer life just disappears. <laughs> but along with it, my thankfulness disappears. And yeah. then you, you hit this low point where you cry out to God, like, what are you doing? And maybe it's an anger or um, just frustration. And it's funny because God always, like, finds you there. And you yeah. feel like, man, if I had just been more prayerful the whole time, would I have got to this low point? Well, maybe, but maybe I would have found a way to be uh, thankful all the way down. And it's funny because as I say this, there's this uh, little verse that I put on my whiteboard here, and it says, the cheerful heart has a continual feast. <laughs> So That's I could, awesome. Maybe we could put the thankful heart and uh, yeah. have a similar feeling. On well, that. yeah, it's true. It's just, it's like when I'm not struggling with the bipolar as much and I'm feeling more stable and then I'm more grateful and I'm applying something like Philippians four, which is like, be thankful for everything. Like in all things, give thanks in all things, be prayerful, um, you know, set your mind on things above whatever, you know, this, this like, thing that Paul kind of talks about in all of his letters which is like continual praise continual thanksgiving continual prayer and I'm not con doing anything continual all the time you mm. know and so I agree with that that's a good point cool well thanks again Jared dude thanks for having me on the show man yeah it's been fun I look forward to you posting the link and then me okay. sharing it with all thousands of friends that I have on Facebook and then we can go back and look at all the downloads and you'll see how many people downloaded it. Oh, yeah. I wanted show. to show you the stream thing. Did I show you that already? No, not yet. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. But, uh, yeah, well, anyway. Yeah, thanks again for being here. And where Jared is going to share that is the Louder Now podcast, which is um, the first season was a joint in Denver where, you know, um, Jared had spoken to me about how he wanted to do it. So I just kind of kicked him in the rear. And uh, then I, I got a up, rear kick. Yeah, and then I ended up being uh, inspired to do my own. And uh, in the second season, Jared's uh, kind of focusing more on just kind of having his own format. Mm -hmm. um, and but he is looking forward to having guests at some point. He's yeah, mentioned I'm working on buying another podcast mic so I can do that. Yeah, so, yeah. Well, um, maybe next episode will be me and Will. Next Saturday, we'll record it. Yeah, because I have my own microphones. I can come to the studio with them. Nice. Yeah. So we'll do it. I'll uh, I'll bring the headset, <laughs> my gaming headset for Twitch streaming that I don't. I do. actually would like to do a show with you and do an experiment with recording it on my laptop. Oh, okay. So I could see how it, we would do it in Adobe Audition because that's what I use. Okay. Well, sounds good. Thank you again, everyone, for listening. We hope you have a, a great week and a wonderful 2020. Keep that vision clear. Okay, I had to do it. That's the only time, though. I, the, I had to fulfill the meme. Take care, everyone. <laughs> Take care, everyone. This is Jared signing off. Thanks again, everyone, for listening. This has been your host, William Carroll. I want to thank our special guest, Jared Deal, and I want to thank Mark Miller, Megan Napier, 
and Richard Leotel, the Theology Box team. Hope everyone has a great week. God bless, and may the peace of the Lord be with you.